Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. I'm Andrew. I'm Lee. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right to it. Um. Okay, so you found a little bit of news for us to go ahead and cover right at the beginning of the episode. I did. It turns out um, Kyoto Animation has announced that they will use none of its arson donations for business recovery, and all of it is going to the victims. That's great. That's some really good news. Um, I don't know if we covered it before. But there was some, I remember another article that came up that said that um, the donations will be considered for uh, disaster relief as opposed to uh, crime relief, which is technically a crime, but it's being treated as if it is being treated for tax purposes like a natural disaster. So the donations aren't being taxed either. So that's cool. So that's, uh, that's a lot of money to help out those. Uh, the victims of that horrible crime. So, wishing them all the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Right. Um, and I know that uh, this is the week that uh, a lot of... Uh... So real, real fast, real fast. I just said, yeah, no. Uh, Want to go ahead and clarify what I was intending to say there. I didn't mean to say, no, we don't wish them all the best. I was like, yeah, no, we obviously wish them the best, is what I was trying to say. So, right. anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay. let's go ahead and move on from that. Um, it just, but it's okay. Uh, it's not anyone's ever going to watch this. It's a quick, quick what little is announcement is that it is, it is the week that um, a lot of new uh, shows for the uh, fall lineup are starting to air. So, um, this, so this is dropping on Friday. The day after that, we should see new episodes of My Hero Academia and um, Sword Art Online. Nice. Uh, dropping this Saturday. So, mm-hmm. looking forward to those. Yeah, that should be cool. Um, okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and, uh, oh, also, we should go ahead and announce that we are going to be at Anime Bonsai next week recording an episode there, uh, kind of a special episode in addition to our regular one. That's true. Um, so, yeah, uh, look forward to hearing from us about Anime Bonsai. And if you're at Anime Bonsai, then we hope to see you there. All right, so let's go ahead and dig right into it. Um, this week, we watched Soul Eater. It was my pick. We're kind it of uh, moving on to into October now. Um, and uh, we want to Halloween theme. Yeah, we kind of wanted to do kind of Halloween themed episodes. Um, but uh, I've seen this show quite a bit. I own it on Blu-ray. Um, and I know you've watched the first bit, but haven't really d- dug into it. But we decided to go ahead and watch it again and go ahead and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so here's the synopsis. Uh, Maka is a meister and Sol is her weapon. And they're a freaking lethal team in battle against the monsters and ghouls that feed on innocent souls. That's when Sol transforms, literally into a razor-sharp scythe, and Maka wields her partner and unleashes her inner slayer. Fighting alongside their Meister weapon classmates, Maka and Sol are the world's last line of defense against evil. Mm. All right. 
Okay, so the 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 first episode started off with one of the greatest little introductions to a show. It is this very deep tonal um, speech about you know the darkness in the world and the importance of soul leader, uh, importance of these um, these special kind of hunters that are going out, being trained to go and kill uh, the demons that are. Caught, they're bringing a maelstrom of insanity to the world and mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing. And then suddenly that voice stops being that voice and starts being the Grim Reaper's goofball voice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's just, it's, it's a fantastic little transition and we write, and it's worth, it's worth the first three minutes of the first show. It's just so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I also I kind of wanted to point out I didn't write it down, but uh, this show I really love the opening and closings for this show. They've got some great music, some great action. Kind of lets you know that you're in for a fun ride uh, for this series. Um, but anyways, so episode starts off um, and uh, Maka. Yeah, sorry, yeah. already already slipping. My brain's already slipping here. Uh, Maka and uh, Soul, uh, the, the two partners. Um, they, uh, they're going out hunting a creature that they call Jack the Ripper. Yep. Uh, a creature that they call Jack the Ripper. There are people out there who have done such, uh, evil in the world that their own souls have, uh, become twisted. Um, I didn't write down what their souls, uh, become. I mean, even the wiki just says evil souls. Um, but, uh, they, uh, they, they fight this guy who's Jack the Ripper, who's just kind of this big, elongated man with massive long claws. And we see him kill a woman from the shadows at the very beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. And he's about to kill another one um, when they stop him and fight him. Um, yeah. And it's kind of an, an, an exciting battle. Um, yeah, they're very good at hand-to-hand combat. They're mm-hmm. expertly trained. It's, it's well animated. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, what, it's kind of what we've come to expect from anime when it comes to hand-to-hand combat. Um, mm-hmm. fight scenes. Uh, it's very entertaining, very interesting to watch. Uh, lots of little moments that pile up, just pretty well choreographed. Uh, fight scene. Um, as uh, Maka wielding uh, Soul as a giant uh, scythe mm-hmm. uh, against this guy's uh, knife hands. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, yeah, and it's like we said, it's a pretty entertaining fight, and they they beat him. Um, and after they beat him, um, earlier when he killed the first woman, um, a little blue orb came out of her, and the, uh, Jack the Ripper ate that orb, uh, kind of implying that he's eating the human soul. Um, which they then they actually explain that later on. And when he dies, a kind of a red soul with some red scales on the edges come out mm-hmm. of come out of his body. And then Soul eats it. Yeah. Uh, and then it's revealed that they have eaten 99, and now they're 99 of those souls, and they are now ready to uh, move on and get their final step. And it's revealed here that they have a goal of getting, of turning um, Soul into what's called a Death Scythe. And a Death Scythe is an extremely powerful weapon that is uh, the personal weapon of the Grim Reaper. Um, yes. And. Uh, she, so Maka, and this is something I've always liked about this show, is the phone number uh, that they use to call death. 
Uh-huh. And she goes over and she kind of breathes on a on a glass. She's like, we should we should call the Grim Reaper and uh, report in. So she breathes on the window and she says, Shini, Shini, Goroshi, which is four two four two five six four. But anybody who knows Japanese, and they explain this in the subtitles, but anybody who knows Japanese knows that Shini means death. Mm-hmm. So four two, she's saying death. So she's she's saying Shini, Shini, death, death, and then Goroshi. Is a play on Koroshi, which means kill. Mm-hmm. So she's literally the Grim Reaper's phone number is death, death, kill. <laughs> so yes. and so she she breathes on a window, enters the number, and then the window becomes a magic portal which connects to Death's magic mirror that mm-hmm. he uses to keep tabs on everybody. And Death is there with a man with red hair who turns out to be Maka's mm-hmm. dad. Oh. oh, Maka's dad. Hold on, I'm getting a little bit of a slowdown between the two of us. I forgot to plug my laptop into the, rather than using Wi-Fi, so hopefully that should fix it now. Uh-huh. Okay, anyways. Uh, uh, so Maka's dad beca- plays the overprotective dad card, but does it wrong. By first saying that t- t- warning Soul never to lay a hand on Maka, and when Soul mentions that he's not interested in her in that way, he then the dad then gets offended that, well, you could at least try to get to put a move on my daughter. What's so wrong about my daughter? She's incredible. Yeah, and it's at that point that um, he tries to tell his daughter that he loves her, and his and Maka shuns him in the most brutal way. Like, I don't even consider you a father. Stop stop talking to me like this. And he's so distraught by this situation that he jumps off into a corner and sulks on the ground for a time. And then after a while, he's sulking and whining so much that the Grim Reaper pops out one of his hands, turns it into a giant paddle, chops him in his forehead and says, knock it off or I'll bring out the Reaper chop. To which he replies, tell me that before you bring it out. And as this conversation progresses, the dad says, keeps saying something. Like, whenever he speaks pretty much, it's something incredibly embarrassing. Uh, And the Grim Reaper chops him on his head every single time. And he gets progressively worse. Like, at first he's just on the ground. Then he's on the ground with a pool of blood under his head. Uh, then he's on the ground with a pool of blood under his head and some blood squirting out in a, as a fountain. Yeah, a fountain. Yeah. And then he's on the ground where it's everything again, but now there's two layers of that fountain instead of one. So every time he gets hit and every time it gets worse. Mm. Uh. Uh, and then later in that episode... Um... We find out that uh, Maka's dad enjoys spending his free time at the kind of uh, restaurants where women sit with you. Yep, yep, a hostess restaurant. Oh, there and is he's got his hands around these women. Uh, well, Maka hates her dad. Like, yes. he he is trying to do his... I don't know if he... don't want to say if he's doing his best, but he's trying to speak to her. But he's doing it in a super embarrassing way. Like, in a in a in in some comedic uh, art, he pushes his head against um, the Grim Reaper's mirror and pushes it out as if it was um, rubber or plastic instead of being a mirror. Mm-hmm. And that 
reflection is also being shown, or what he's doing is also being shown on Maka and Soul's side, yes. and he's pushing through the glass. And uh, she says something along the lines of, I don't have a dad who's trash like you, or something like that. Uh-huh. And which makes him super depressed, and he goes over and he just cries for the rest of, of this scene. But yeah, yeah. he... Uh, so this is why she thinks he's trash, but anyways, so... Uh, yes, um, well... So one of the hostesses asks about the daughter, and the other hostess, you know, put puts her hand up to her lips, um, in a trying not to show what she's saying, and whispers back, "Don't talk about the daughter like this in front of him." Oh, <laughs> and then she then proceeds to give all of the exposition as to why. How, he loves how? his daughter. He loves his wife a whole lot, but he's such a womanizer that eventually his wife separated from him, and now they're going on going through a divorce. And like it cuts back between the two women, and they're just like this the entire time. And his expression just gets worse with every single cut, <laughs> and until eventually he just cries out, "Maka, ah, oh, Daddy loves you. Please forgive me." And just runs out, and causes a problem, starts from doing laps around the building. Comes mm-hmm. back in and pays his bill, and then is invited to come back. Like, uh huh, and then runs out and screaming again some more. Um. Meanwhile, uh, Maka and uh, Soul, having consumed ninety nine of the evil souls, now need to consume a witch's soul to reach their full to reach their uh, master potential. Go out looking for a witch, and they find. A witch living in a pumpkin taking a bath. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's using magic to clean herself like she's using magic to uh, go ahead and scrub her... Uh, scrub her back. Scrub her back and things like that. Um, and they... Uh, hmm. Soul is rash... And he runs up to the witch's uh, house, and because, and rather than you know keeping his plan, the plan that they were going to uh, that they were going to uh, well, Maka's talking about them needing the plan, and Soul's like that's not cool, and he just runs off and he crashes through her window, which yep. happens to be the window of the bathroom, and we have a humorous scene that follows uh, with him lining in the tub on her, him having a bloody nose and flipping backwards and stuff like that. Yes, um, and he, he's Soul is so obsessed with being cool that anything that he hates anything that happens to himself that isn't cool, mm-hmm. and getting a bloody nose around an unclad woman is mm-hmm. in his is the very definition of uncool, and so he's not liking the situation at all. Blair, sorry, I was looking for the name of the witch, and yes. it's Blair. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well. So they end up so Maka and Soul end up fighting amongst themselves, mm-hmm. and then Blair jumps out of the bathtub, and it's it's an interesting shot because she jumps up and out of the bathtub naked, up mm-hmm. and out of the camera frame, and then down again, dry and completely dressed. So it's an interesting little uh, transition there. Um, and then she proceeds to flirt some more with Soul, knowing that she has charms over him. And then mm-hmm. once once she's do- tired with flirting, throws a flaming pumpkin at him. Yep. And they yep. have to retreat for the day. Well, and uh, 
this is something that I enjoyed, uh, that, that I wrote down that I liked about the first episode. Yeah. Um, there's this great bit that it just says the next day. Um, and, uh, well, they're, they're like there, it's, it's a, what's it called? The, um, title, a title card or something like that, yeah, a card a that card. says the next day. Um, and in Japanese it says Sugi no Hi, which is, uh, you know, the next day. Um, and, uh, <laughs> they go back and they just get destroyed by Blair again. Um, oh, hey, Blair Witch. Huh. I never put two and two together like that before. But anyways, yeah, Blair Witch. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, they uh, so they get, they lose again, and then it says the next next day in English, uh-huh. but in Japanese it said Sugino Sugino He, um, <laughs> which I think is funny because you know they actually have a word for that. Uh, I don't remember what the word is, but they have the word for like the, the day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. I think it's like uh, Otoshi or something like that. I could be wrong though. I'll have to I'll have to look it up. I've I've forgotten so much Japanese. But anyways, so they, so they have um, a legitimate word and they're not using the legitimate. Yeah, word. they're not using the legitimate word. They're just saying sugi so sugi no sugi no hi, which is the next next day, which <laughs> they they translate that properly into English. Um, but then like they're talking they, they about how failing. they need a huh? well, they keep failing. They're, like Mark is like, I've got this plan. We'll go ahead and do this, and uh, he um. But Soul refuses to listen, and they're running away from her, and they just keep losing. And then again, there's another card that says the next, next, next day, which is sugi no sugi no sugi no he. <laughs> so, bible, bible. Anyways, yeah. So I just liked those title cards. Uh, they just got progressively, progressively sillier for me. But anyways, um, they uh... reminds me of the title cards for Durarara. It just had whole, that had like a million Ra's around and around in a circle. Sometimes. <sighs> okay, but uh, so eventually they're fighting her and they get knocked off a roof. And um... yeah, so all those next days happen in like the forest between the city where they live and her cottage out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the fighting ends up in their home city. Well, I think it's also important to point. Uh, it's important to point out. We, we kind of forgot to mention that Maka's telling Soul to be careful because uh-huh. this is a witch. This is unlike anything they've ever fought before, and it's kind of showing that, that these two are real good fighters, real good students, and they're not getting anywhere close to fighting to beating this witch. Um, and the and entire I think time, has, I thought that had to do mostly with because, like, like I was saying before, they are experts at hand-to-hand combat, and this witch has projectiles, and so I think, uh, yeah, that they, yeah. So in a visual style, it just signified that these people were never trained on how to deal with someone with projectiles. Spe- specifically projectile explosives. I didn't get I didn't I didn't gather that from it. Um they uh maybe maybe it's just because I have knowledge of the rest of the series, but they fight plenty of people that have projectile ranges and they fight against people who are good against close quarters combat and things like that. It's just like different levels of skill. And mm-hmm. this witch is far and beyond them. And they actually, in episode four, I'm kind of sad we didn't watch it because one of my favorite characters is introduced in episode four, hand-to-hand combat the entire time. And this person just walks all over them, mm-hmm. um, just to, like toys with them. Okay. Um, but anyways, uh, so uh, eventually um, they get knocked off of a roof 
because um, they're now fighting in the city instead of in the forest. Yes. Um, and uh, Maka digs Soul's blade into a roof and stops herself from falling. Oh, and I, I was going to say, um, this entire time, Blair is trying to convince um, Soul to join her. Yes. Uh, it's like, please be my scythe. You're so cute. I'm, uh, um, and uh, as there, and, and I won't, and I'll forgive you for everything that she makes that she's uh, annoyed with you about, or uh huh, exactly. things like that that she, that she won't even hold anything against him if she just joins him. Mm -hmm. Um, um, but anyways, they uh, as she's hanging there from the roof, uh, Soul says, uh, "Enough is enough." And transforms back into his human form and then just drops Maka. Drops her uh, from the roof onto a pile of garbage. <laughs> into a dumpster. Um, so she's not hurt. Uh, but yeah, and she's she's not hurt physically, we should say, because she's very upset with him. Um, and she, uh, he says that what guy on earth would ever stick with a flat-chested girl like you? when they could have a curvy, beautiful woman like this. And the cat's just like, thank you. Like, that's great. Or like the witch, I just spoiled it. But uh, the witch is like, hey, that's great. Um, oh, I'm so happy to have you type thing. And then we cut to Maka, and Maka's very, very upset. Maka's upset because um, she has some flashbacks with her dad and seeing her dad being a, the womanizer that he is, mm -hmm. and her growing to despise men because of it. Yes. The and, and so, and so, so it cuts her really deep to be betrayed by one man for a, for a, for another it, it, woman. Oh uh, yeah, well, it's it that, but also it says that the one person, the one man she finally felt that she could trust, the one man she finally opened up to and let in, mm -hmm. and this person, soul, just betrayed her. Yes, and so she says, "What's so cool about infidelity among men?" You know, uh -huh. um, and you know, just at the top of her lungs, just screaming it. And he's like, "There's nothing cool about it at all." Uh, and he's like, "Ma," uh, and then he, "Well, I wouldn't know because I'm cool. I, I wouldn't know, and I would cool. never do anything like that." Mm -hmm. And suddenly, one of his arms turns, turns into the scythe, scythe, and he holds out his other arm, and the scythe is wrapped around the witch's body, mm -hmm. and he holds out his other arm to be turned into a scythe. And she, it's at that moment she realizes, oh. It was a facade to get him close to her. Mm -hmm. it, it was a, a ruse, a ruse to get him close to her. And she forgives him pretty much instantly, and they would take out the witch. Mm -hmm. um, cut her in half. The, um, and then there's a soul there's there. A purplish soul. Purplish soul, mm -hmm. uh, which is, indic is indicative of a witch's soul. Mm -hmm. And they eat it. And then and there's this cool scene with uh, with yes. Soul getting like uh, all these sides popping up. out of his body. Uh, he's like, "This is incredible!" Wait, I feel nothing's happening. <laughs> Anticlimactic. Bam, nothing happens. Yeah. And then we find out that wasn't a witch, was a cat mm -hmm. with high magical powers, but not a witch. And, and the cat had nine lives, and so it had nine souls. Who walks up with the with the, the, with the hat, hat on, the, the, and they're the like, "Wait hat. a minute, no, no." And she's like, and Blair then turns into her human form again and says, "Yeah, well, the thing is, I never actually said I was a witch, so yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm just a cat with really high magical powers." 
And then uh, the phrase that uh, Death said during the call is that, remember, if you screw up, all the 99 souls you got will be invalid. And suddenly the word invalid is slammed into Maka's head again and again Mm -hmm. and again as uh, she realizes that all their hard work, the last hundred... Hundred kills. Last hundred kills. They have to start over. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, they have to start all the way over. That's basically the first episode. Yeah, that's the first episode. Um... Second episode, uh, we move on to introducing the next pair of Meister, uh, Meister Weapon uh, kids. And um, and unlike the first pairing, this time the uh, it the Meister is the guy and the girl is the weapon. And mm-hmm. that's true for the next two sets of uh, mm-hmm. Meister and weapons. Yep. Um, um, but anyways, uh, so there we open so up Black over... Star. Black huh? Star is the, main, is the guy's name. Uh-huh. And he's he's like a a blue-haired Naruto clone. Yeah. Um, And I will go ahead and just say that I tried watching this show in English, and Maka and Sol were fine, and so was Blair. Uh, This was years ago. The moment I heard Blackstar's English voice, I went, nope, and switched it right right back to Japanese. (laughs) So it was, it, it graded on me. Um... Not to say that the voice, I think, was voice actress. Not to say yeah. that she's not a good actress. I think she's, I've seen her in other things and she's fine. It just yeah. didn't fit Black Star at all in my mind. Okay. Uh, but anyways, um, so we open up with uh, a mafia family who are eating souls, blue blue souls. So you can already tell that they're evil people, that they're all evil. And we cut to above the um, evil, uh, above that uh, family in an air event, we meet Black Star and Tsubaki. And Black Star, you, we don't see Subaki yet, but Black Star is there, and we hear Subaki's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're saying that this family, there's already a hundred people who are evil, have evil souls. Um, so if we kill them and eat all the souls, we can get all ninety-nine that we need um, in order to turn Subaki Subaki into a uh, a death scythe. Um, and uh, Black Star says. Um, they the two of them start um repeating the um or not really repeating but um rehearsing oh, yeah. I guess uh re- they, they... stating the uh stating that's what I want they're stating the three rules of assassination I didn't write them down um but but they they repeat them over to... and over again through the episode mm-hmm. but... and um safe to say that Black Star completely ignores them. And Blackstar is an assassin that sucks at being an assassin. He has the personality that he is the kind of guy who will climb to the tops of uh, the heavens and uh, be greater than God. That is not the type of person who should be an assassin. No. Okay. That is not the type of person who should be an assassin, but that's what all all his combat skills are. Yeah. Um, So so what he ends up doing, which is just hilarious... Mm-hmm. Is he jumps out of his his hiding place with his weapon in hand, which is becomes these two kata chain uh, t- held together by a long chain. Uh-huh. So they're like mini scythes mm-hmm. held together by a long chain. Um, and, and then he holds one like a microphone and announces his presence, announces who he is, and that he's there to assassinate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he will but... never see me coming because mm-hmm. I, I am just that great. 
I'm and just the, that good. And all the henchmen pull out their guns and begin opening fire, and they have to mm -hmm. make an escape. They make their escape, and Black Star um, brags about how great he is, uh, with Subaki just kind of uh, looking looking on, um, and being too good of a girl to um, to chastise him. Mm -hmm. uh, but so Tsubaki, she is a unique soul, or she's a unique weapon. Uh, all the weapons can only turn into one kind of weapon, but she can turn into multiple. She turns into a smoke bomb, a chain scythe, a shuriken, um, a, a ninja sword, the little a naginata. I don't, is that a naginata? I, I the, the, the small blade um, and uh, another mode that we can go ahead and reveal mm -hmm. later. And she earns another one through the course of the series, um, but she is a ninja toe. A ninja toe? That's what I think. It seemed to. I think that's what they called it when he said to take that form. Maybe. A ninja toe sword. Ninja toe, the maybe. I don't a know. Small sword with no handlebar. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's according to the wiki. It's just ninja sword. Uh yeah, ninja toe. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. ninja toe. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what I remember the. Uh, mm, the original okay. Japanese thing. There's a couple other weapons. Uh, one is a uh, big spoiler for what happens later on, so I'm not going to go ahead and uh, talk about that one. But then there's another transformation that they reveal later on. Um, but she transforms into multiple things, and he's actually very skilled at using every single one of her forms. Yes. Um, but anyways, uh, they go back to school, and they run across uh, Maka and Soul. And uh -huh. Blackstar and Soul... Like, you know, our two peas in a pod. They're great friends. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, you know, um, they ask each other how their previous missions just went. Maka and Sol obviously just got back from their issues with Blair. Uh -huh. And they they just don't want to talk about it. And they ask them how, you know, or Maka and Sol ask Tsubaki and Blackstar how their, um, their job went. And uh, like, oh, you didn't get anything again, huh? Yeah, so that again just implies that they've gone on a lot of missions and have not ever come <laughs> back with anything. Tsubaki yes. does not have a single soul to her name. <laughs> um, regardless, though, Blackstar keeps promising Tsubaki that you know he will make her into a death scythe. Um, and so they go after a quest that is a hundred souls plus a witch all at the same time. Uh, well, hi. Sorry, Toby just jumped up. Yeah, and so the one they want to take out, the, the Hundred Souls and the Witch that they mm -hmm. want to take out um, include, um, includes this uh, the witch named Angela, uh -huh. who has a bodyguard. Uh -huh. And it turns out that... Um, well, yeah, they, they learned the that, the, that the, the mob that they were going to take out is going after this witch. Yes. And so the Death uh, Grim Reaper tells them that this is a perfect opportunity for them to go ahead and prove themselves and get it right. And he kind of tells... Subaki, that she could have so many other options, you know. Um, but uh, oh wait, no, he doesn't say that. That's a that's a Soul and Maka. They're kind of watching over them. Toby, stop that. He was playing with this. Sorry, it's a uh, cover for for your lamp, light bulbs, huh? Yeah, for your lights. Yeah, yeah, for my lights. But uh, it uh. I think this is what was causing that light bulb to overheat. Because um, I haven't had any issues with it ever since I removed this. But anyways, okay. he decided to go ahead and start playing with that. I should probably cover it so he can't. But anyways. Uh, or find a different place to store it. Yeah, kitty. No. Don't. 
anyways, um, so Sol so they... and uh, Maka are watching them go off to this mission, and Maka's like, man, Sabaki's so great, she could have absolutely any choice of a master or of a meister. Um, and Sol's like, yeah, but Sabaki's not like that. And besides, uh, she sees the potential that Black Star has. And Maka's yes. like, yeah, you're right. So, um, oh, before they leave, though, Black Star is chanting to himself um, about hiding his presence, how mm. he can suppress his presence instantly, and no one will be able to find him. And he climbs up, and he's like, I'm so good. I'm going to go ahead and show that Tsubaki just how great I am. I'm going to sneak up right on her, and not, and she's never going to notice me. And he climbs up, and he gets to the top of where he's climbing to peek into a hot springs where Tsubaki is currently bathing. And as soon as he sees Tsubaki's backside, he screams out in, like, excitement. To which she creates a morning star out of her hand and just hits him right on the forehead. Yep. <laughs> and she said, and her complaint is, her complaint is, if you're trying to be an assassin, you should make it so I don't notice you. Exactly. Something like that. <laughs> it's almost as if she'd like to be peeped on. Mm -hmm. So she'd be okay with being peeped on so long as she doesn't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because on the one hand, she she'd like to see him reach that level. But on the other hand, she's not just going to give it to him. She's yeah. She is yeah. throwing a ninja star at his forehead anytime that she notices him. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, then they go off to this uh, adventure and find a hundred of these um, red souls floating around. Well, it, and the, it starts. Uh, we actually see the mob going to uh, to this place to get the witch, and the yeah. mob run across a swordsman. And the swordsman says, if you're here to threaten the witch, I'm her bodyguard. And the mob is just like, bah, just gun him down. And then we cut back to the academy and then back to here. Um, and then it's, then all the souls are dead. They're all, all the mobsters are dead. All, so Every last one of them, and he's just fine. Not a scratch on him. Mm -hmm. Yep. Ugh. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Then this bodyguard and um, so there's the 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 bulk of the episode is the main fight between this bodyguard and Blackstar and mm -hmm. how they uh, how they're in combat with each other and how they interact and Blackstar is so full of himself that while the bodyguard doesn't want the blood of a child on his hands mm -hmm. he will fight. And when the opportunity to cut Blackstar in half presents itself, he uses the flat of his blade. Mm -hmm. Which knocks him out. Uh, which knocks him down for a little bit. But, uh, the, yeah, the back of his sword. Well, I, um, I want to go ahead and talk about this fight a little bit more. Okay? Because right. I really like this guy's style. And it's one of the things that I wrote down. He called it infinite sword style. So... This guy, he has one sword, and Death and Tsubaki are in front of him, and, you know, or not Death, um, Black Star and Tsubaki are in front of him. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, this guy, um, you know, uh, Black Star is obviously bragging like he usually does, um, but uh, 
this guy, um, knowing that they're there to threaten the witch, um, and he's the witch's bodyguard, he says, Yo, Jimbo, um, which he knows, you know, paid protector or something along those lines. Um, He uh, pulls up this um, kind of like a golf uh, club bag filled with katanas. Yes. And he chucks the katanas into the air. And these katanas are now just spread across the entire battlefield. And uh, he, uh, he, uh, this guy has, he's super quick and super strong. And he has placed his weapon all across the battlefield. And he just goes from sword to sword to sword. Wherever he's at, he has a fresh weapon to attack you with. Um, and it's really, really cool seeing him fight. Like death, well, not death. Black Star is really skilled at combat, mm-hmm. but he's not able to um, defeat this. He, he's not able to get to past this guy's uh, defenses, and so he finally um, gets separated from him. He t- turns Tsubaki into a uh, into a, a ninja star, um, a giant shuriken. Yes. Um, and he throws it. And there's this big hole in the middle of a shuriken, like there is. Um, and so um this uh, the assassin, he um or not the assassin, um the bodyguard. The bodyguard, yes, thank you. Uh the body, bodyguard, he um jumps up and drives his sword into the hole to where now the the shuriken is stuck and can't go anywhere. To which death to which uh, death, to which Black Star tells Subaki to turn into a smoke bomb. Mm-hmm. She turns into a smoke bomb, fills the entire area, and this fighter, he's this Yojimbo, he is not able to find uh, Black Star. Hi, caught myself that time. He's not able to find Black Star until Black Star screws up and announces his attack from above. To which Subaki's just like, "You idiot! What are you doing? You you announced yourself again." She doesn't say "you idiot" because she's too nice, but she's like, "You announced yourself again. You just lost your advantage." And that's when he gets struck uh, in the stomach yeah. with the katana. Uh, and gets called a little kid because he... Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... And this is just part of the brilliance that is the stupidity of Blackstar. Is being called a kid and being treated as a less than lethal danger means must mean that the bodyguard thinks he's better than him. <laughs> thinks that he's... Pu- putting him down to make himself feel good. And that's what causes him to lose his temper and go into great fighter mode. It's this misconception of what's going on with the situation. And so he, uh, and so in his furious anger and righteous retribution, black star commands his, uh, his weapon to become a uh, ninjato and they form and he then proceeds to make his own it will his own presence to disappear while the bodyguard's staring at him and the bodyguard can't figure it out it's like this is this kid's gotten way too serious how is this the same kid i was fighting before and then he starts to disintegrate mm-hmm. the boy the black star does well reveal well- the, okay. the the fighter the the he he notices that the presence is completely gone. He's just like this. He's not the same. Like he's completely erased his presence. Just like Black Star had been bragging about this entire time. He, he's able to do it. He's able to completely erase his presence when he's being serious about it. 
Yes. Uh, the problem is he's so prideful and so stupid, he's not often serious. And I think his yeah. skills as a fighter also get in the way of that pride because he is a, he's a good fighter. Um, but, and then he's like, wait a minute, no, no, there is a presence. It's very faint, but it, it's almost as if it's someone else. And that's when... Yeah. And that's away. when the body starts disintegrating uh, and revealing that the entirety of the body and the weapon was an illusion created by... Mm-hmm. What's her name? By Tsubaki. And that's Tsubaki. her other form, illusion or transformation, uh, where she can... Um, it pretty much lets her um, transform into a dummy a replica of her Meister. So I'm mm. pretty sure it has to be her Meister. Mm. Um, but yeah, she looks exactly like him. So it's kind of which... like one of those Naruto doubles and it was actually a log the whole time. Mm-hmm. Poof things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turns out, and then uh, Blackstar was behind him the whole time and then gets in a uh, a, a very powerful uh, chakra-filled punch or something, something that's causing his fist to glow blue when he punches him in his when he punches the bodyguard in the spine from behind mm-hmm. well yeah i forget what the attack is called but he puts his own energy into that into that attack and they actually kind of go into that later on where they start the the fighters uh the meisters and the weapons start learning how to put their own souls into their techniques and deal more damage like i was saying before Blackstar is a great fighter. He's actually a genius level fighter. He's able to do that naturally, which is what he did just then. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to point out that, yeah, he's a great fighter. Once he got close to him, he was able to take him out. But he sucks as an assassin. He's <laughs> terrible. He even says that the pro- like the proper way of an assassin is to fight someone uh, like face-to-face, uh, fair and square. And it's like, that's not how an assassin works. That's not even what you did. You literally tricked him. That's so not how any of this works. Exactly. <laughs> you fight straightforward, face to face, like a mm-hmm. true assassin. No, that is not what that word means. Mm-hmm. You keep using that word. I don't think it keep means what you think it means. <laughs> okay. Um. So he defeat, but and as so after all- he defeats so- the Yojimbo, um, yeah. the bodyguard, um. Just They're in asking, time for her. He, he hey. turns Tsubaki back into the um, the uh, the chain scythe um, yeah. style, which is the, t- the two scythes with the chain between them. Yeah. Um, and he says, tell me where she is. Tell me where the witch is. Mm-hmm. Um, to which, what happens? And so suddenly, the witch turns out to be like this six-year-old girl who can fly a broom and has very little power flies down and stands between st- stands between <laughs> Blackstar and the bodyguard saying, you leave him alone. You stop picking on him. <laughs> and which, it, at which point Blackstar's sitting there going, it's right here. I could kill this girl. I've got a hundred souls here and I could Upgrade and get a death scythe right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I could sleep well at night knowing that I killed a little kid. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's also because he's so prideful, he wants to do it himself. Yes. So if he had yes. killed all of the um, all of the mafia, then yeah, they would have eaten the souls. But he's just like, this isn't the right way. To... Well, I guess prideful yeah. isn't the way to do it. He has his he has, he has his, his code um, of ethics. His code of ethics. Yeah, thank you. He has, you know. Uh, yeah. So, 
so it they, it sometimes translates to pride. Like, do you have any pride in your work? Do you have exactly. any? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it can translate into pride, but usually it, it does refer to a code of ethics. Like, yeah, their, their moral code. <laughs> That's not the right word I'm looking for either, but it's fine. Um, it's also so, about his legacy. He he wants his legacy to be a certain way, and if he mm-hmm. gets to death, if he gets a death sight by cheating in his own book, then he won't mm-hmm. feel like he's earned it. Mm-hmm. And so he so he turns it down. But he he collects the souls and hands eventually hands them as a bag to uh, to the Grim Reaper. But it was mm. at that moment where he says that he doesn't want to uh, have the con- have on. He won't be able to sleep well at night knowing he killed a kid. Is exactly what the the uh, word for word what the uh, assassin said to him earlier. Mm-hmm. So, <sighs> yeah. So, uh, so the episode ends with um, with uh, with Black Star and. Tsubak and uh, Tsubaki uh, turning in all the souls, uh, just giving them straight to the Grim Reaper, and he's like, "Are you sure about us?" Like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't. These aren't ours. So, well, you should have taken them and run because you know that's what I would have done," said the mm-hmm. Grim Reaper. <laughs> it's like all this moral grandizing. Like, what? What's the point? Just you should take them. But uh, okay, so that's the end of episode two. Uh, episode. Th- Three um, starts off with um, we're introduced to the third set of characters. Yeah, we're introduced to the third set of characters, Um, and it starts off with uh, with us learning about a character by the name of Death the Kid. Yeah, And and what happens is somebody somebody they call Lupin. Robs a bank or, or robs a mm-hmm. soul bank or robs a mansion of a whole bunch of souls, and then is running away with a bag, and we're in, and then a kid with two guns that he holds upside down, so he pulls the trigger with his pinkies. The guns form girls, they turn back into their girl form, and they do this uh, Chinibio pose, introducing themselves. But one of the girls is slightly offset from the center of the pose. And it upsets Death the Kid so much that they let the bad guy get away. <laughs> While he's busy berating them. You listen to me about how important perfection is. Uh, he, he's jumping on the bag. Uh, he's mm-hmm. gone. Stop interrupting me when I'm talking to you. All right. All right. Yeah, so he's got the he's got uh, tw- uh I don't know if they're twins, but they're sisters. They were um, two. by the names of Patty and Liz. Uh, Liz is tall, long, uh, light brown hair, whereas Patty is short or not sh- well shorter than her, still taller than de- uh than uh Death or Kid, wow. um, and has short uh blonde hair, and we learn very quickly that Death the Kid has a complex, um. And that complex is—I uh, don't know what the exact if there if there's an ex, an exact word for it—but um, he is obsessed with symmetry. Yes, yes. Which is why he fights with two weapons instead of one. Why he has the two guns and why they're sisters. Um, but he's deeply, deeply troubled by the fact that they're not the same height, have the same hair color, or the same 
physicality size yes mm-hmm. i guess that's a good way of saying it yeah yeah they just don't have those uh they're not identical and yeah, they're not identical they're not identical um they're not, and uh anyways uh he they then get uh Liz gets upset at him for this, um, especially since he groped them to complain about their differences in size. Um, And she complains about death, even though he's obsessed with symmetry, has three white stripes only on half of his head. Yes. To which death, or the kid, or let's call him kid, to which kid... um, He he collapses to the ground and cries about being garbage about being a trash person he is worthless and shouldn't be allowed to live because of how disgusting he is he's just a lowly disgusting pig um to which patty just starts laughing at him and this is like crap we just we can't move on uh when he's like this and so she says it's so and so she uh she compliments him and manipulates him into you know being okay with it um besides pigs don't say meow pigs say oink and you're a meow person so cheer up yeah, Patty, along those lines. Yes. Um, Patty is kind of an idiot. Um, I don't want to say idiot. She's a, she's simple. She's very very simple. There we go. That's a better way of describing Patty. Yeah, um, she, but she does. She has a she has a whole lot of not caring about quite a bit, and just likes being happy. Doesn't worry about much. Uh, anyways, um, so they then get another job from, the, he has a special way of calling uh, the Grim Reaper since it turns out he's the Grim Reaper's, Grim Reaper's kid. Um, and he's given a job, or uh, he accepts a job that's actually supposed to be for a three-star level um, uh, Shinigami, I think they're just called in this show. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, But Death gives it to Kid. Um, to go and stop a witch from resurrecting an army of mummies. Yep. Um, we then cut to uh, the other four: Maka, Soul, uh, Tsubaki, and Blackstar, um, uh-huh. and they're meeting in front of the, they're meeting in front of the school's job postings because this is a school where they're going where they're learning how to uh, fight these creatures, um, and uh, they notice that a certain job has been accepted by somebody at the school and they have no idea who it is. And this is another time where we see just how close, uh, soul and, um, and, uh, black star are, um, where the two of them immediately run off and not act like a pair of idiots running all around the school, trying to figure out who took this job. Yes. Um, we even cut to, uh, Subaki and, um, Maka are in class and, Subaki's just like, gee, they they sure are late. I hope everything's okay with them. And it cuts to Soul and, and uh, Soul and Death in sync running. Soul and Blackstar. Yeah. What's that? Soul and Blackstar. My bad. Thank you. Soul and Blackstar running in sync with each other in perfect symmetry, I might add, because uh, one's right arm goes up and the other's left arm goes up in sync with each other like this. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, ah, as they're running in perfect symmetry to try to figure out, which is another joke that if it was intentional, genius, because I didn't get it until just now as, as I was talking about it. <laughs> is um, that his friends are better are better at symmetry than he is. Than he is. Well, they're not friends yet. They haven't even met yet. Um, but they are, 
they're going around the school trying to figure out who did this. And finally, they come across a teacher who tells him, oh, yeah, it was a given to, uh, oh, yeah, uh, the one who took the job is, his name is Death the Kid. He's the Grim Reaper's son. And they're just like, wait, what? <laughs> the Grim Reaper has a son? Um, and of course, of course, it's uh, Blackstar's concern that, you know, the greatest job on the board has been taken by somebody that's not him. So somebody's trying to become greater than him. And he can't have that. Yeah, yeah. So... So that's his concern. Meanwhile, we find out that uh, Death the Kid arrives at the uh, uh, arrives at Anubis's temple or Anubis's pyramid, and is, Which is absolutely a sacred, beautiful place. Is smitten by its perfect symmetry, mm-hmm. the interior design, everything's great inside, which makes him wonder. Wait. Is that mural well, that I have in that one room? He almost doesn't my... want to go inside because of how beautiful the symmetry is yeah. on the outside. Yeah. And until the girls drag him in. But yeah, and then it reminds him of what? <laughs> reminds him that, that there might be a mural in his room uh-huh. or in some place in his house that is un, like up to an inch off-centered from where it should be. And it bugs him so much that he feels like he, the need to go back home. And the girls are like, nope, we're continuing to do this. Quit it with your neuroses. You'll te- you can check it when we get back. We're well, doing this now. The thing and is, they, they just, they're grabbing him and walking yeah, in. Yeah, well, Patty is totally fine because, again, she's a simpleton. She doesn't oh. bother her in the slightest set. But turns out Liz is afraid of ghosts in dark places. And so she's grabbing onto Patty's shoulder as oh. Patty's just kind of walking through. And she has grabbed Kid, or Pat- Liz has grabbed Kid by the collar and is dragging him on his butt because he's not standing up because of how worried he is about. Is is his is his home out of symmetry? Is it is it off? He's like, I think I think it might be a little bit too much to the right. I I have to take care of this. I have to take care of this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they then get to uh, some mummies, um, and the mummy licks. This is like, oh, actually, these guys are these guys are kind of cute. To which the yeah, mummy so, then so, opens it. Yeah, yeah. So what the mummy looks like is it's a smiley face shield coin or something on their face uh, where their head should be and they're just a bundle of wrapping around them so they don't they're a very peculiar uh style of mummy so that's why they can mm-hmm. oh they're kind of cute mm-hmm. and then one of them opens up and opens up its mouth and licks liz to which liz immediately freaks out and she <laughs> says okay kid let's go ahead and take care of these things um turns around with patty and both liz both turn around and there's this little flashing outline of where Kid should be. Yes. Which reminded me of another uh, AMV Hell. I know we've talked about that series before, yep. um, but it's just this little clip, uh, you know. <laughs> We're the uh, three best, best friends, friends that, that anyone, anyone can have. have. Yeah. It's just them walking. It's just them to that little number. Walking through never, this ever, pyramid. ever, ever, ever leave each other. Never, never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. And boop, boop, boop. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we both wrote that down yep. in different ways. Um, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so Patty and Liz have to take care of the mummies by themselves, and they both pull a a, a Marshall. I, I, I kind of want to say Starscream because every once in a while, oh, sure. uh, oh. when uh, Megatron would turn into a gun for Starscream to fire, but they do it for each other, where where one of them will turn into the gun and the other one will fire the other as they're blasting these mummies back and forth and. The, like one of the best scenes was when 
Patty stuck the gun in a mummy's mouth, and it cuts to Liz's perspective as the uh, from inside the gun. It's like, don't stick me in its mouth! Ah! And Patty then pulls the trigger. But one thing I also, I forget exactly when it happens, but Patty... It was after he comes back, I want to say. Was it after he comes back? Okay, well, they, they end up destroying all these, um, destroying all of these, um... The mummies? Mummies. Um, and end up making their way to the, uh, to the main sarcophagus, where the witch has already performed the right to resurrect the pharaoh, uh-huh. but the pharaoh being upset at the witch for, um, desecrating the souls of his people killed her instantly. Yeah. So they no longer have a, a chance to kill a witch. Um, and the, uh, they, uh, the two girls, um, enter the room, um, and, uh, I think this is when Patty switches personalities. I could be wrong though, but anyways, Patty reveals a bit of their past here, of these two girls past, um, where she immediately switches to Yonki mode and just, (laughs) Ah, type thing you know i forget what she says but uh it's just like <laughs> extremely rude ah japanese i swear um, that that happened when she when uh when death the kid came back and that was her being angry at him leaving them but uh, i could be wrong i she's very very accepting of death and all of his quirks um so i don't think that's when that happened i could be wrong though um now, now when death makes his return, when the kid when the kid makes his return, the girls are wrapped up in bandages in a pseudo bondage sort of way. Oh, gosh. And the and the the animation goes with you know bright pink uh, glow aura around the frame and things like that mm-hmm. to make it look like it might be just a little bit sexier than it should it's be. It's a bit erotic and you're just yes. like, oh dear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he comes in and he sees them all tied up like this and says, uh, I'm interrupting. I'll leave. <laughs> and that's what she yells. No, don't go. We lost our powers when he grabbed us. Please save us. Mm-hmm. So, so he cuts the, uh, he, he throws something, cuts the cords uh, cuts the uh, the wrappings that have tied uh-huh. them up. Uh, then they then they have their powers back and they turn into guns. And he wants to blow away the sarcophagus and then realizes that it's perfectly symmetrical, so he can't fight back. Can't fight back, and so this uh, all these wrappings keep coming out and be, being turned into weapons and just keep striking kid over and over and over again. Like he gets hit through the chest and. This is typical shonen anime, uh, so if you're expecting somebody to die from getting rammed through the chest with a blade, it's not going to happen. Um, but also, he's part—he's uh, you know—he's he's a Shinigami, like he's yeah. the same race as the Grim Reaper, so he's going to be a bit tougher to kill, anyways, I guess. Um, but he gets hit over and over and over again with uh, like with these blades and then some drills uh, dig, dig into his chest. And the girls are screaming, saying, kid, get up, get up. Uh, come on, we can do this. Get up. Um, and then one of the wrappings turns into a hammer and starts slamming his body on the ground. But then the pharaoh says, I'm going to finish you off myself and opens up the sarcophagus and comes out. And Death the Kid looks up and sees, oh, we should we should uh, point this out real fast. On the way in, a bomb or something, some undead creature, disguised itself as this cute little ball. Yeah, like um, a panda. A, like a little panda ball or something. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, 
He picks it up and he adores it. It's like, oh, this is perfect. It's perfect symmetry. Look at this. And then all of a sudden he's like, wait, what? As he notices that one eye has three lashes and the other one has four. And he perfectly symmetrical, but but for that, it is was the most beautiful thing in the world to suddenly being complete and absolute garbage. And he just hurls it and kills whatever it was. So, yeah, it just it ends up being this ball on the ground. Mm hmm. Uh, anyways, uh, the uh, the pharaoh comes out, and the pharaoh's just this mass of bandages and weapons, and just it's like an extra looking. head coming out of his right shoulder. Exactly. And, um, he's, he's and uh, definitely asymmetrical in his design, like deliberately a mishmash of monstrous features. Um, left and right uh like he doesn't have a he doesn't have a right eye but he has the left eye and he does and the left side of his collar is spiked and the right side is smooth and it's a very distinctively asymmetrical design and by coming out of his sarcophagus to finish off himself death the kid is so repulsed by this asymmetry that he gets back up and just annihilates him in a few blasts Couple of pull, couple of pulls of the trigger, boom, 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 and he's gone. Yeah, it just destroys him, but he overdoes it and ends up destroying, you know, uh, the two, the the temple of Anubis as well. On accident. Uh, on accident. Yeah. Uh, so they go so back after after leaving the temple. It's after they leave the pyramid that he's sitting there admiring it when it suddenly starts cracking and falling apart, as though <laughs> the uh, the being inside was all that was holding it together or something. It's like, oh, uh, what happened? It was probably all our rampaging. That's what they said. Uh, okay. Um, and they killed an odd number of uh, spirits. So one of the guns has one more spirit than the other. Mm-hmm. And so well, that's upsetting him too. It was, yeah, it was an even number of spirit. It was an even number of spirits until they killed the Pharaoh and then ate the Pharaoh's soul as well. Um, Anyways, uh, they uh, they go back, and Death the Kid is sobbing in front of um, uh, the, the Grim Reaper, uh, just prostrated on the ground, um, sobbing. And the Grim Reaper's just like, well, because you destroyed the temple I sent you to save, you don't get any of the souls that you earned during that mission. You have to relinquish them all. I was like, wait, that's not I, that. I imagine that the not Grim that Reaper big of a deal. You don't have to keep crying over it. Whereas Death, the kid, is crying over the fact that he destroyed something of such beautiful symmetry. Yeah. And it occurs to me. It just occurred to me now that since Anubis is the god of death in uh, Egypt, that I wonder that if Anubis and the Grim Reaper had. Uh, like, like this is a favor to take care of something that was happening in Anubis's mm-hmm. uh, temple. Maybe. Like, yeah, but you destroyed his temple, so you get nothing. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, that's it for the first three episodes. Oh, and then it ends uh, introducing <laughs> each group. So yeah. It says, now that the main groups have been over, the, they've been introduced, the prologues are over, now for the story to begin. It's yeah. how episode three ends. It's like, okay. Yep. Episode three ends with now the story begins. Mm-hmm. So we've yeah. So the first three episodes are just character introduction. 
And that is Soul Eater. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So that's uh, what are your thoughts on Soul Eater? Um, I want to say that I've watched those three episodes before. They were very familiar. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I'd watched the first episode before. I don't remember the second episode, so I don't think I watched that before. But so much of the third episode ended up in AMV Hell Clips that it just all felt familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and there's an AMV Hell Clip that I kind of can't wait to see, which is that uh, the slow motion run of Soul and uh, uh, Soul and Black Star. Black Star running towards each other and embracing each other to the soundtrack of uh, Robot Unicorn Attack. It's like, always, I want to be with you. And then when they embrace, like with a rainbow thing over over it, and then they embrace, and then somebody shoots them in the head. <laughs> it's just like a, a smoke bomb to the head or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'll, it's not a no for me. I mean, it's, a, it's, I want to watch more of it, mm-hmm. but it is one of those shows I can't watch around my kids because there is a lot of fan service. Okay. Okay. Um, I've already seen the entire show a couple of times. I will go ahead and say that I am kind of disappointed with the ending of the show. Um, but the rest of the show, I think more than makes up for it. I think it's a wild ride. I think it's a lot of fun, great characters, uh, some great twists and turns and things like that. Um, great animation, great music. I already talked about the OP in the, uh, is it ED for ending? I don't remember, but anyways, the opening uh, and ending. Yeah. yeah, the opening and the ending and just the music that they use. Um, yeah, I, I really, really like, uh, soul eater. I should probably read the manga at some point because I know the manga, uh, varies quite a lot from the anime. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, so I give, I love this show. I think it's great. I think everybody should do themselves a favor and watch it if they haven't already. And they can go ahead and watch it on on Netflix. That's where we streamed it. Um, so, all right. Uh, And so next week, um, we're going to be watching your pick, uh, for kind of our Halloween month. That's right. So what I did is I found Crunchyroll's list of 10 best Halloween anime. And went through and found something that we hadn't watched yet that looked pretty interesting. Um, like some of these ten best anime, when you're looking for it, you end up just finding anime episodes or a given show. Like, um, well, like almost every like, single like, slice of life episode has a horror episode. Yeah, it does. so I mean, you've got uh, you've got the bottle episode uh, in the lighthouse from Free. Or 50% off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love bottles. Ah! It's a bottle episode. I love bottles. Uh, and then, um, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, or on High School Host Club. Mention had a Halloween episode, episode too. SAO Abridged um, was uh, posted last week. That's yes. news that we should have talked about. <laughs> but oh, anyways. Sure, sure is. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, Jeez. this one, I read the description according to this list. So this isn't the synopsis. From the show, but this is the 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 synopsis of the show from this list that I wanted to read. It's called The Lost Village. Okay. A masterpiece of screwball comedy horror from director Sutomo Mizushima and prolific writer Mari Okada. Mm-hmm. Those looking for bone-chilling frights won't find them here, but you will find is an amazing B-movie thriller about a town that presents people with their greatest fears. 
With ridiculous characters, absurd dialogue, and inexplicable plot twists, The Lost Village is one of the most entertaining horror anime in years. It's almost impossible to catch the so-bad-it's-good lightning in a bottle on purpose, yet Mushima and Okada send us on a nightmare bus tour, winking all the way. Mushima and Okada. Okay. All right. Well, right, let's so, go ahead and uh, watch that for next week. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I had seen the poster before. I think I've seen it too. And I just, I didn't know what it was about, but yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, see if I can find any more details on it. Um, yeah, I'm not sure when it came out, but uh, yeah, it's a 12 episode show. Came out, I want to say it came out pretty recently. Um, anyway, yeah, that's what we're watching next week. Oh, for, for this one? Uh, the Lost Village. Uh, 2016 is when it came out, it looks like. 2016. So, so yeah, a couple of years long. ago. That's fine, though. Great. All right. So that's it for three episodes in. We're going to go ahead and move on to recommendation of the week. And it's my pick this week. And uh, our brother Doug um, um, pointed out a new manga that Viz actually got the rights to. And he read it right away and told me about it. And I want to go ahead and share it here. Um, call and I've read all the chapters that are available right now, and I'll probably purchase the books as they're, as they're coming out because this is amazing. It's called Spy X Family, and the best way to describe it is Mr. and Mrs. Smith the manga. <laughs> the dad is a spy, uh-huh. it's his job to keep the peace between two nations that were once at war. Uh-huh. His wife is an assassin. Their daughter is an esper and can read her parents' thoughts. So the overall plot is that they're trying, that the the, the dad is, his new assignment is to get close to this person who's impossible to get close to. The only way that they have a chance of getting close to him and killing him, they need to kill him because he's the head of an organ, he's the head of a political party that is trying to reignite the war. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So in order to in order to preserve world peace, he needs to kill this man. But the man is super paranoid and never appears in public, ever. Mm-hmm. Except for certain award ceremonies at this super prestigious school. So he has to pose as a parent of a child at that school. So he goes and he adopts a child. Uh, But he adopts the child from a super shady orphanage because there's no paperwork to sign at one of those orphanages. Um, And it turns out to be the main girl in this series. Okay. The main girl whose favorite anime is a spy anime. So she thinks that everything her dad does is the coolest thing ever. But... So, but they, that's only part of it. In order to for a child to be admitted, they have to come from an undivorced married family. So they have to have both the mother and the father. Ah. Um, and so that they then need a mom. And it's getting really close to the admissions test for this school. Um, and they, uh, that's when they come across the mom. Mm-hmm. And mom she uh they come across her at a um at a clothing store a flower store something like that i can't remember what um but this she just had an experience at work where she uh where um the the country's secret police took away one of her coworkers because she was an older single woman and that immediately flags them for being a possible spy so if she wants to keep her job as an assassin 
which is her real job, as mm-hmm. opposed to the office job that she has. She needs to get married. So, she, so a marriage of convenience happens between the two of them. Marriage all of a sudden. Between the, I, won't, I won't go into how it happens or the exact reasons why they decide to do it. Um, but a marriage of convenience happens between the two of them. And they backdate it for a year, so it doesn't look like they just got married so they could get the daughter into this school. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that really sells this manga for me at first is the girl's reaction to things. Because she overhears her dad's thoughts about how he's doing this to save the world. And she gets super excited about it or super scared about it. Um, and you don't, she, she knows to not tell her parents that she's an esper because every adult she's told doesn't believe her or has been driven away from her. And she doesn't want to be abandoned again. So she's trying to learn um, fractions. And I forget what the dad says, but it's like the dad's line of thought for it, but he's just not getting, getting to her. Uh Whereas the mom's just like, Oh, I helped my, I helped my younger brother um, learn, learn math. I can, I'm, I'm sure I can help here too. And she thinks to herself, Oh, fractions. Okay. So you mean it's something like, you know, five fifths, you know, like, you know, the way I always remember it, remember is that, you know, there are five parts to the body. There's four limbs and a torso. So remove the four limbs and you still have one fifth left, which is the torso. And the little girl's just like, ah, (laughs) you know, as she's hearing her mom's thoughts on that. (laughs) Oh, wow. But there's this great bit where they are in a, um, an aquarium, uh, because they're trying to pose better as a family. Um, he's worried about people seeing through their, guys because they're not spending too much time together as a family they go to an aquarium and it turns out that aquarium is also a drop-off point for another group of spies okay and they have put some film inside of a penguin and he's trying to figure out which penguin it is and so the little girl's just like oh wait dad needs to find the right penguin to uh in order to save the world okay and she psychically starts and she psychically figures out which penguin it is and she Mm -hmm. says daddy that penguin there looks sick knowing that she can't say he has the microfilm you're looking for Uh uh-huh but daddy that penguin there's sick and he looks at it and he realizes that penguin is drinking up water and vomiting it back out trying to get something out of its throat uh, and he's like, oh, so he goes off, poses as a worker, gets the penguin, gets going, but then almost gets stopped by the spies. Um, he escapes from the spies, uh, but the spy um, who noticed him is chasing after him. The daughter overhears all this because of her psychic abilities, and she grabs the coat of the guy who's chasing her dad and gets dragged along with him. And she screams out, mommy, I'm being kidnapped. <laughs> to which... <laughs> The sp- enemy spy is going, what are you doing? Let go of my coat. I've got to get going. <laughs> you know, to which mommy then runs up. What are you doing to my daughter? Kicks him up into the ceiling and his head gets stuck between a pair of pipes and he's just stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it is gold. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm probably going to find this as it comes out as well, but you can already read a couple of the chapters for free um, on Viz's website. Um, okay. Or if you have a membership on their site, you can go ahead and read all of them. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Spy X Family. All right. That brings us to our creator shout out segment. And this week it's my turn. And this week, I'm giving a shout-out to um, an artist I discovered um, last week by the name of Nick Silva. Now, you recall that on the 3rd of October, 
it was a um it was full metal alchemist day mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i posted um a uh, and i posted an image that i'd found of um ed and al in a very just this amazing illustration of the two of them oh okay uh, yeah i remember on that the other side of the uh the door and it's just it's just absolutely gorgeous beautiful and uh, the prints are available actually um but nick silva drew that uh, i found him um found his uh some of his uh, stuff online i found his art station account and his uh um twitter account and i made sure that when i posted it on twitter last week uh that he was credited for uh for his own artwork and now i'm giving him a shout out here um he has if you'll go to the art station link that i've got here um he has a collection of konosuba images mm-hmm. where i want to say they're standing in front of the uh, hiragana for konosuba there in a way it's um Sorry, I was looking at some of the other stuff, but he's got a, he's got a great Kaguya and Shirogane um, uh, yeah. set of photos or a set of art uh, drawings right there. Some great Final Fantasy stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, so the Konosuba stuff is right after. Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That is so amazing. Konosuba. And it's them in poses it's, of it's doing those that dance poses dance. that they're doing with the, their arms up and down. Uh-huh. But we've got Aqua's face of just sheer terror uh, with tears in her eyes. Megumin being uh, Meg- Cosma with his, you know, blank <laughs> stare. His barely caring stare. Like... Uh-huh. Megumin really getting into it as she's swinging Chomsuke around. And then, uh, yeah. you know, pervert darkness uh, looking excited <laughs> is how I'll say it. Those are amazing. Wow. Yeah, and I think I think those are flying cabbages around uh darkness. Oh yeah, no, like Aqua's got some water sprouts behind her. Cosmos surrounded by a circle of panties. Um Darkness has uh no, there's there's Megumin has an explosion behind her and yep. darkness is surrounded by the flying cabbages. Yep. Wow. And if he I, sells I, prints I, of these. I want sells, to buy them. He sells prints of those, and I think uh, I think they're like twenty five a piece, so a hundred for the full set. Ooh, that's worth it, though. I mean, especially if they're good quality prints. Oh, Cosmo's also waving a pair of women's underwear above his head. Oh, yeah, he's such see, a piece of trash. You can't see that on the first link because it's cropped in the square. But oh, yeah, when, yeah, but, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay. Oh, by the way, I have my ticket for the Konosuba movie. I meant to say that as well. Uh, oh. I've got it uh, for uh, local theater. Um, I'm very excited to see this movie. Um, the world needs more Konosuba. All okay. right. All right. Awesome. Um, so that's our creator shout out for the week. So uh, thank you, Nick Silva. Yeah. I mean, absolutely incredible artwork this guy has. Go ahead and check his stuff out. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening in this week. Uh, if you listened in on YouTube, uh, please feel free to like and subscribe to our channel. Um, if you like what we do and want to support us, please share our channel with your friends. That's really the best thing that we can that we can ask for right now. Um, where can they, they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. 
We encourage all our listeners to follow on the social media platform of their preference. And if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. Okay. Well, uh, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to Ben Coombs for providing the artwork for our podcast. And another shout out to Brazmataz and their song, Dry Kolk, which we use for our opening and closing song. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to uh, another episode. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week. Mm-hmm.